Hi, I'm Mike Marino, and this is a brand new episode of Live from My Mother's Basement. Good evening, ladies Hi. and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Live from My Mother's Basement. And here we are with a, uh, uh, a great actor and a great friend. This is Nick Ferrara. Who decided to come down in the basement and hang out, man? Thanks Mike, for coming over. Awesome, thank it's you very for the good invite, to see you, man. man. <laughs> Love this. First time here in the basement. Isn't this badass? This is actually the real house that I grew up in. Yeah. And uh, like every other Italian from around the uh, tri-state area, we came down to the basement to uh, have our macaroni, our Sunday dinners, and the kids all played down yep. here. And now it's a, a huge man cave, and this is where I'm enjoying having my uh, my podcast. Awesome. So we have any kind of alcohol you want. Uh, we're going to have some food. Uh, you brought some really great gifts because that's, I don't know if that's an Italian thing or an East Coast thing, but you don't come empty-handed. Well, you know what? I came from the Jersey Shore. If All right. I would have came from my home, I would have brought you my cherry poppers that I make. I'm like, oh. I'm like known for that. Like when I go to family outings and stuff, it's not like, hey, Nick's here. It's like the peppers are here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's cherry peppers. I gut them out. Aged provolone. Prosciutto ham, you wrap around it, extra virgin olive oil, some fresh garlic, and uh, oh, see, oh, see, man. now I wish you could go, go home, <laughs> go home and get me the peppers. I love peppers. I love stuffed peppers, oh, the long man. hots. Oh uh, yeah. You know what was always the greatest thing on Sundays when my mother made peppers and eggs, right? You had the red pepper in there, the green pepper in there, and then potatoes. Right. Did you have potatoes and eggs? Potatoes with uh, she put onions on it, yeah, and garlic and yeah. everything. Oh yeah, ah, oh yeah. Fuck. And then and then South Philly bread with some butter and aged provolone on top and then in the oven. And then this is in the morning, you know, and then it comes while she's cooking the gravy. It's you know, great. you got the smell of the gravy. Oh, my God. And, you you know, it's funny. You said South Philly and now you're saying gravy, which is great because I'm Jersey, but we say gravy, too. And, you know, we did that whole big thing on a lot of different shows. Is it sauce or is it yeah. gravy? We grew up saying gravy, yep. but um, I love stuffed peppers. Isn't it something that, um, when I think about it, I'd rather have on the bast than the yeah. dinner. A lot yeah. of people calling that charcuterie now. <laughs> the charcuterie, because it comes on a board, That's and right. you have all your meats yep. and stuff like that, so it became fufu or tapas. My mother always said on the bast, which is anti-pesto or anti-puesto in English. Well, how do you say it? And a past. And a past. And a past. Right. Real quick, I was um, I did a, a show actually in England. I was fortunate to, they brought me to England to do a show. So after I was done, my wife and I went to London and we stayed there a few days. Best Italian restaurant I was ever at. We just happened to stumble across it. We go in, you go downstairs, right, like a basement, and we're in like a cove. The food was tremendous. The waiter was tremendous. The the maitre d whatever was tremendous, and I felt bad because I think he was a little upset that I didn't order an antipasto. So he goes, "No antipasto." I said, "No, I'm, I'm you know I just I'm so full, but I, I'm ordering all this other stuff." He goes, "Wait a minute." Comes back with a big antipasto. He goes, "It's on me," like that. I was like, "Oh my god!" And it was phenomenal. Oh like, wow! Yeah, it That's was so cool. So when he say antipasto, it reminded me of that. You know. Well, where did you grow up? Born and raised in South Philly. Right. Uh, as a matter of fact, I guess we'll talk about it, but where we shot the sizzle, that was my old neighborhood. Oh, no kids. As a matter of fact, um, I had to talk to the priest there because when we shot that one scene in the back of the church and then the neighbor came out and he almost killed this. I don't know if you remember that when 
Because we were loud. Oh, no, <laughs> no, I don't think I was part of that. I don't remember any of that. I remember. Uh, well, we'll talk about that yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But yeah. that's that's where but you grew up in yeah, that neighborhood. That's where I grew. I grew up right across the street from the Catholic Church. I went to um, Catholic school in the Catholic Church, and right around the corner were the nuns. And um, yeah, so just you know, tremendous stories, as you know. You know what's really funny is uh, I, I think no matter where you grow up. When you come from tri-state areas, we all do kind of grow up the same. There's the basements, there's the row homes, there's the neighbors, yeah. there's the food, there's the church, there's the friendships, and there's the wise guys, and then there's the people who try hard to make things happen in any other business, and then there's the actors like us who do anything to uh, see if we can't get to the Robert De Niro <laughs> level. Yeah, it's right. right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, you know, if we had twenty four hours, that's probably still not enough. I could tell you, we could probably swap stories. Yeah. Your neighborhood might have just keep going back and forth. I mean, it was uh, crazy. Yeah. I remember when uh, I did come out to do your project, and I don't really know Philadelphia that well, but to see the row homes so stacked against each other like that, and the uh, the ambiance of rocky to me was mind-boggling because i'm thinking what if it was snowing where would everybody put their car how do you get your car out and everybody lives on top of each other so you had to have been very friendly with your neighbor well that's the thing it takes a village to raise a child you know, right right that. it's exactly what it was yeah i mean i had you know one time i never forget i got into one of a few fights that i was in <laughs> and uh, and then right when it was over, uh, I didn't win many. I was real small at the time, but I did. I knocked him out. And when as soon as he fell, the neighbor grabbed me and goes, "Nikki, come! I'm taking you home." And he grabs me, takes me home, and he gave me a you know a, an ear beating. But that's the he was the neighbor. But we were all that's the way we all were. Yeah. So the next know? day you're kind of friendly, huh? So, <laughs> oh yeah. But, uh, you know, and my father, he would, uh, we did the uh, 4th of July party. We got a permit. We closed the street, turned on the fire plug, you know, the day before. The whole street was cleaned and everything. And then um, the next day, all the neighbors were there and, and with the big party. I mean, it was, yeah, you, you had to be that way. You had no choice, really, you know. I remember when we were kids, we called that fire plug a Johnny pump. <laughs> did you have that slang? Nah. I don't nah, know why we called plug. it the Johnny pump. But it was this, uh, you know, it's the fire plug for when the uh, firemen come around and they use it to put out a fire. But every once in a while, there was a kid in the neighborhood for some reason or other. He had that wrench that opened it up, and right. everybody used it as a sprinkler system to cool yourself <laughs> yeah. or play in the puddle yep. like a street kid yep. for the summer. Yeah, yep, exactly And your parents right. were like, get the hell out of the puddle. I was <laughs> like, well, are we going to the beach? No, go ahead, go back into the puddle. Because <laughs> you're broke. Everybody was the same. Oh, exactly. That was our, like, pool. So that's pool. your born and raised South Philly? Yep. Yeah, born and raised. And as a matter of fact, my pop's still there. He's uh, 17th and Rittner, across the street from St. Monica's Parish. Right. Um, in pretty much near where we filmed. And uh, he'll be 90 this year. He plays Pinochle twice a week. <laughs> he, uh, pinochle? Not, <laughs> pinochle? Not Brisk? Yeah, Pinochle. Brischkele. And uh, drives every Wednesday to get his food. He's a sergeant in the Marine Corps. I say is because one time I made a mistake and said, Oh, Pop, yeah, remember when you were a Sergeant Marine Corps? And he stopped me immediately. You know, it's like, listen, once a Marine, always a Marine, you know? And mm -hmm. then ever since then, I, you know, I don't say was, it's, it's, it is, you know, but he takes pride in that. And yeah, God bless him, man. He, you know, great shape. Uh, 
doesn't turn the AC on. Doesn't. I just had to talk with my brother. My brother Joe lives near, so he sort of takes after him. My parents are divorced. My, I take care of my mom and, and where I live. She'll be 87 this year. Oh, and um, I was talking to my brother. I'm like, Joe, man, you know, he doesn't turn the AC on. And then we sort of paused for a second and laughed because we knew the answer because every time we say something to him, he's like, ah, I'm a Marine. And when we were in you know, South Carolina and the bugs were biting us and everything, and then it was 100 degrees outside, he goes, I can take it. I'm like, all right, Pop, you know, whatever. So There's a lot of older people that won't use certain things because they figure you're going to be spending too much money. <laughs> ah, don't put on the air conditioner. We can't afford it. Shut the lights off. We can't afford it. Sometimes it makes you become that way. Oh, yeah. Because I might even be hot some days, and I'm looking at the air conditioner going, I don't need it. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I make great money. You should do what I want. But um, that's the thing. Um, yeah, they didn't really know a lot about South Philly growing up. Everything we knew about South Philadelphia became came from Rocky. And then when I went out there to make work on your project to see what it was like, I wanted so badly to go to the two famous cheesesteak places. What are they? Pat's and Gino's. And they're across the street from each other. Yes. Is that right? Yes, they are. Do they hate each other? Do they know each other? Do they not even care? Nah, I mean, uh, yeah, they, it's, it's the people that make it more out to be than what it is as far as competitiveness. But, but it's enough cheesesteaks to go around, you know? Is and they're it? right across the street. And you go there at like 2 in the morning, and there's a line, seriously, like almost around the block. For both Both, both sides. Both sides. Yeah. So did, did they, like, know each other? Did he talk to each other? I mean... Well, I mean, over the years, uh, yeah, and there's some things going on now, whatever, but, uh, you know, they... Uh, Let's yeah, explain yeah. to everybody who's actually watching. Um, two of the most famous cheesesteak places in the world come from Philadelphia, and that's why they call it the Philadelphia Cheesecake, because every state has what their food is. So in New Jersey, pork roll, uh, Taylor ham, not really even pizza. It's, we, we, the state is known for pork roll. Yeah. And then New York would say pizza. I don't know, Texas, Texas toast, grits. But Philadelphia is cheesesteaks. Cheese As a matter of fact. Is it different every, to you? Do you? Have you been to both? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Zillions of times. But but since then, I mean, there's, I don't know if I if you want me to say some other places, but I mean. Um, sure, go ahead. I man. mean, no, I'm just saying like Tony Luke's and uh, which actually has, which has a place now in uh, Citizens Bank Park. And. Um, you know, I mean, like, there's that, and then Nick's Roast Beef, which is very famous, Petito's Bakery. I mean, you have your places in the Italian sections in particular that are just, you know, you can spend all day just bopping if, around. I wonder if there's actually people who go, you know, you're going over there? Nah, I like it better over here. They oh. actually taste the difference in the cheesesteak? There is a difference. There's a little bit of a difference. See, not on the Jersey Shore. You can go to three different cheesesteak places, and quite honestly, they're all the same. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. Well, it's the bread, some yeah. of the different types of bread, and even how they, I don't know, the different meats, a little bit of the meats that they use, and um, but there is a bit of a difference. Oh, yeah. You go to California, get yourself a cheesesteak, you want to go all the way to Philadelphia and <laughs> hang yourself. So Nick came up from the Jersey Shore to, uh, to be on the show. Move to your left just a little bit, so we'll make sure we keep you on the camera looking nice. Yep. 
Nice green shirt. And, and he brought this bottle of wine. See, Italians don't go over anybody's house empty-handed. <laughs> you got to bring something. That's right. You ever call somebody up? What do you want me to bring? And they say, oh, you don't got to bring nothing. Nah, come on, tell me. What do you want to bring? What don't you have? The bottom line is um, somebody's bringing something. I think I got to plug this thing in. No wonder why that keeps fading like that. So if you wouldn't mind, tell everybody exactly what this is and do the honors. Yeah. So uh, I'll be right back. I usually drink Apothic Red. And uh, when I went there, uh, they didn't have exactly the Apothic Red that I drink. But this is in the Apothic family. It's called Apothic Dark. And I've had that before, and it's pretty good. So uh, you're really going to test me out here. So and I, I can do it. Uh, yeah, Mike, go ahead, man. Because I'll probably, like, drop it and it'll splatter all over. Here's the, the proper <laughs> here's the proper way to open a bottle of wine. You say, thank you, this looks great. And then you scratch out the top like this with your knife. There you go. Right? And uh, bada boom, bada bang, that top comes off like that. And then you go for your little screw, which is this. I have one over there that's from my grandmother. Wow. This type of a thing. Yeah. And you shove it in here like this. Remember, there's that theory. If it's a cork, the wine's going to be good. But if it's a screw-on cap, <laughs> you tell the guy to leave your house. <laughs> right? Hell yeah. And a lesson to be learned. When an Italian asks you, what can I bring? Just tell them. Tell them yeah. one thing. Because if you don't, then they bring three, four, or five things. All right, let's see if I'm going to do this right. Oh, I'm going to look like a midigan over here. Ooh, it's a black cork. I'm getting it. I better go this. There you look go. Look at that. I've never seen a black cork. Wow. Why well, smells fantastic. Nice. You know, let it breathe. Hey. Are you breathing? <laughs> All right, we got these nice big fat glasses. Nice big wine glass. Where are you coming up from on the Jersey Shore? Actually, uh, holy heck, man, starting Saturday night, I uh, visited my cousin in uh, Northfield. You know Northfield, Jersey? I don't. It's uh, right outside AC. Oh, I saw you pretty and, far uh, down south. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And then from there, uh, OC, and then, hey, Chindan. Salute. Chindan, thank you very much. That was a nice little cling. Hey. Um, I, go, I bypassed the smell. So, um, hey, yeah. that's really, really good. Isn't it nice? I'm like not a really a big wine, wine guy because I get heartburn really bad, but this, yeah, this is good. So the South Jersey, Ocean City, Sea Isle, that's where I was uh, all weekend, and then this morning I left from um, o Ocean City, New Jersey. <clears throat> Nothing so. like the Jersey Shore, man. Absolutely. Beautiful down there when you catch great weather. The beaches are great. The weather is great. The girls are nice to look at. The guys are nice to look at, too. And the food is fantastic. You go anywhere on the Jersey Shore, you get an abundance of food. Especially if you go to a big, fat, old-school Jersey diner or a Jewish deli. Big, fat sandwich. I got some sandwiches here from uh, a deli in Westfield, New Jersey, over here called Hershey's. Hershey's Deli, and they gave us some sandwiches. So uh, we're going to taste them. We're going to talk about that. But before we move on, why don't we talk about the gesture he just instilled on us by coming over with the wine but he also brought some really cool stuff from the jersey store start, start with the popcorn all right yeah. start with the popcorn. there you go and look Help at yourself. this bada boom all right the famous johnson's this is famous. popcorn world famous quality caramel corn since 1940 there you go ah 
and I have to try it. Let's see if I can get in right away. A yes. fixture of the of the Jersey Shore on the boardwalk. You gotta. Oh wait a minute. Doesn't this remind you of of what that you what your father and your parents gave you when you were a little kid? Come on, can you think of what I'm thinking? Oh yeah, the the uh, the, the box, the, the box cracker jacks, and cracker jacks, cracker jacks, absolutely, cracker jacks. No prize in there though. Do you remember when you got the cracker jack box? If you were like us, you took it, you turned it over. Because you knew the prize was going to be sitting at the bottom. <laughs> That's right. And you pulled it out. And it wasn't even that big of a deal, but you were just so excited. I think there was a time where everybody was like, I hope it's a ring, a ring, a Dakota ring. Right? But it was never. <laughs> sometimes you got tattoos. You remember you was like a tattoo. Exactly. You put it on your arm and it was gone within exactly. a day. Now, wow. If you find yourself on the boardwalk in Ocean City, New Jersey... And you see a Johnson's, bring your bucket, because uh, they they refill for a lower price. No good. Yeah. There's a lot of them. On the boardwalk there in OC, there's, I think there's probably like, shoot, man, maybe three, three or four. Folks, you can't imagine how delicious this is. <laughs> I don't know if this is the right thing to have with wine, <laughs> but it is today. Wow, this is great. It is really good. I'm not going to be able to stop. That's the one thing about popcorn. You really can't stop. Better than anything that you would have going to a theater to watch a show. And hey, that could be a good way to lead into your movie. We're having popcorn. Tell me about <laughs> Mob Sense. So We're going to jump all over the place. Here's what happened. Don't worry, no. we'll figure it out. Uh, about three, three and a half years ago, I had a bad accident. And uh, got banged up pretty bad, and uh, NA? broke my uh, left uh, fibula, broken half. My tibia was like at the, near my toe, dislocated, whatever. So after the operation, came back home. And I sat on the couch. How'd you get in the accident? Oh, slipped on ice. I could have told you a better story, really? but <laughs> yeah. Where on the yeah. lawn, and, the front of the house? No, I was actually at somebody else's house. I was in the driveway. Right. And then, boom, went right down. Like, I heard it. I heard it break, and I knew I was in trouble. And uh, so, sitting on the couch, I said, listen, I'm not going to sit here and be pissed and be upset. I said, I'm going to make this a positive situation. So, I grabbed a tablet, actually, just like this, a tablet, <laughs> and, uh, and a pen, and I started to write. And then, after I wrote so much, I went to my iPad and then transferred it to my iPad and continued there and um, started writing a feature film. And um, once I started writing that, I was about three quarters of the way and then I stopped and I started writing a short film called The Confession. And the purpose of that was to send to film festivals. I just wanted to continue to get more credits, more credibility, be credibility on the IMD page and uh, I, I produced that and uh, sent it out to a few festivals and uh, had some great, great luck with it. And uh, the um, Georgia Film Festival in Atlanta, uh, they emailed me and said, listen, uh, you're actually one of the five finalists. We want you to come out here for the festival. And you, as a lead actor, actually, is one of the five finalists for lead actor in it. And I went there and uh, did not win for lead actor in a short film. Uh, but was very humbled to be considered 
And then also my short film actually won Best Short Film at the Georgia Shorts Film Festival. So so that was all happening, and I was continually writing Mob Sense, and I finished that along the way. Um, uh, good friend, as we both know, Lou Martini Jr. Um, Lou Martini Jr. was on the show. He's been down here live from my mother's basement. Great, He has great a great actor. career. Great actor. Great guy. Yeah, great guy, great actor. He's in this project, Mob Sense. So I have to say, I think you gave him the funniest line. I was very jealous. I wish I could have had that line. But when he's in that balcony and he's going, kumquat, kumquats. I'm like, well, kumquats. Let me tell I'm you. Like, Please, that is hilarious. Let me tell you something. And this is 100% Lou. In the script, it said bananas. <laughs> and then when we shot it, I, Ronnie and I are standing there. We're looking up in the balcony. And when he said kumquats, I had to hold myself from from falling on the floor during the during that scene. Right. And then when he, when you know when when the director said you know cut, I just we all started bawling laughing, you know, because I knew what I wrote, and I you know you, when you write you envision what you write, you know, and and he so he did it he, without you knowing. Oh yeah, he just did it, and he, and he does it in quotes, you know, kumquats. Oh my god, man, it was hysterical. That is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so anyway, um, so where we're at right now. Um, the script has been done. Uh, Lou and Tony D'Antonio, uh, two wonderful people that are helping me produce it. And Ronnie Marmo uh, is, is in the movie and helping um, direct it. And uh, we did a sizzle. Thank you, Mike, for being part of that. Of course. Uh, Mike was great in the sizzle. Uh, sizzle is like a trailer for a movie, but uh, it's a little bit more... Um, Extensive, a little more. It's like um, a resume detailed. to try to sell a project. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, a great exactly. sizzle reel. I did see it. He's talking about some really great other entertainers. I say entertainers because they do a lot of different things other than act. I'm friends with them as well, and they've both been on my podcast. He's talking about Ronnie Marmo. Yep, yep. Ronnie. Who is now touring the world with a play called "I'm Not a Comedian, I'm Lenny Bruce," and he was down here on the uh, podcast. I also met on the podcast in California. And the director of that project is Joe Montaigne, another guy who had as a guest on Live from My Mother's Basement. So we're all in really, really great company. And then Lou Martini Jr. has been doing movies since he's a kid, has a little association with the world-famous movie called The Godfather, yep. and he explained that on my show. So you guys could always watch any of these shows, and you can look up these actors, Live from My Mother's Basement, on YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, you name it. And now we got the next legend right here, Nick <laughs> Ferraro, who's talking about how he put yeah. together this movie called Mob Sense. How did you come to get me? So, in my script, Mike, I originally, literally, I, I, may, I may have even asked you, or just not even to your knowledge, I included you in the script. At the end of the movie, you play yourself, Mike Marino, right. toward the end of the movie. You're like... Uh, we're we're at a show and you're you're finishing up your set and in the script I have you do about a minute monologue. Oh, I love the, it. In the script and then and then and then someone then when you're done you know someone heavily promotes you in the movie and Mike Marino check out his you know what I mean you know they're really promoting you and then afterwards it's uh, they introduce uh, and it's a whole story at the very very end but it does make sense and they say the Philly Elvis is going to appear. And that's a surprise to my brother, who Ronnie plays in the movie. And that's just like a little joke because Ronnie is a big Elvis fan. 
throughout the movie. Right. And that's the joke of it. But anyway, so so while we were talking about the sizzle, and then Ro and then Ronnie said, uh, "Listen, I got a few people. You know, we could we could put in the sizzle to help us out. You know, like Mike Marino and I said, oh." I, you know, Mike's fantastic. I said, I wrote him in, actually. I said, yeah, man, bring Mike in. And so Ronnie was the one that, you know, suggested for that's, your part. That's really wonderful so. news because we're in a very tough business, ladies and gentlemen, the acting world. It could be very, very tough. <laughs> and yeah. you have to know somebody somehow, somewhere that yeah. enjoys your work that says, hey, listen, would you like to try to work with us? And you say, absolutely. Um, the other day I had a, someone on the show that's like big in the TikTok thing. And everybody's like, I can't believe you got her on the show. I can't believe you got her on the show. I'm like, I had an Oscar winner on my show. Are you all out of your mind? <laughs> you know, what, I mean? and, what and are we talking about here? <laughs> While we're going to move on with this conversation, because now we're going to get to the reason why he actually said, Elvis, we need to move this popcorn off this table because I can't stop eating it. I know. But he also brought some other jewels from the Jersey Shore. The fixture. Bam. Fudge. Fudge. It's heavy. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. This is like a real brick. Shriver's Saltwater Taffy Fine Confections. The best. The oldest candy store on the boardwalk, Ocean City, New Jersey. Homemade boardwalk fudge. Yep. Fudge. <laughs> what the fudge? I'm going to save this for a little later because I like to yep. have a cappuccino with fudge. Nice. Chocolate Sometimes, and vanilla. Yeah, you could dip. Is it really? Yep. Right, two bricks it. of chocolate, I two bricks of vanilla. I, I do it. believe. I love everything off the boardwalk, man. Yeah. There used to be a great comedy club all the way down in Wildwood. It's not there anymore, but it was the best. And you were a block away from the boardwalk. You do your jokes, you go across the street, and you're having a slice of pizza. Look yeah. at this. Shrivers. You think they're Jewish? Oh. Yeah, no, I'm going to eat this go. some other day. There Look at go. that. Look at that. There Bricks. Yep. No wonder why it's so heavy. Oh, man, I want to have that, like, right now. But I'm not going to do no, it. No, save it. I'm not yep, going to do absolutely. it. I'm going to save it. We could have it when we're done with the podcast. I just don't want to eat this because I'm going to have black yes. shit on my... Put Look, that in there. actually comes with a knife. <laughs> in case you want to go on a plane and kill somebody. Um, but there's another staple yes. from the Jersey Shore that uh, Nick brought. And uh, you can go ahead and show everybody. There you go. The famous saltwater taffy. Saltwater taffy. Now this we're going to have. Where'd you get this? At uh, Shriver's. Oh, no kidding. This was at Shriver's too? Yeah. Yep. All right. Come on. Show me that we're recording. Show me that we're recording. Oh, we got to do this all yes, over again. Yes. We're good. We're good. <laughs> we're good. Um, Jersey Shore. You ever go to the Jersey Shore in the winter when nobody's around? It's pretty creepy. Actually, over the years, though, they have done a lot of things. Like, they have a Halloween walk, and New Year's Eve is real big in Ocean City, New Jersey, and the Jersey Shore. Oh, this is, this is so unbelievable. Look, 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 look at all the flavors. Hand-picked. Look at the flavors. They got, no, really? I, I did it. You so it? I, I, you it, it was a line it? of boxes, and I just had a bag. That bag was empty. I went to one box, took a few. Another box, took a few. So many different, all different. Doesn't say what it is. You got a guess? Uh, this looks could be that could be this peach. Is yellow. I'm gonna think banana. Peach could be banana too. I know. Strawberry, I know I uh, watermelon. I, I, they're all in there. Yep. Are you going for one? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have one. I'm gonna have this one here. Now, you finished this project, Mob Sense. 
Yes. Now, ladies well, and well it's not finished. It's finished uh, the, when, the, the when people are enjoying it in the, uh, the sizzle. Yeah. And the, now the it's up going. to you to get it to financiers. Yep. To investors. sellers, buyers. What's the project at right now? Like, what's going on with it? Everything is done. We're in the process of meeting with investors. Oh. Oh. This is so damn good. <laughs> oh. Banana. Is it? Now, we could turn this into a cooking show if you want. <laughs> Maybe we should. <laughs> you cook? Oh, yeah. My whole life. Of course. That was a dumb question. And you know who taught me mostly? Mom. My father. Oh. My grandfather from Italy. My father didn't cook. My mother oh, yeah. did everything. Folks, this is the best <laughs> saltwater taffy. Yeah, phenomenal. This is there's a root beer in here. It's a root beer. A lemon. There's so many different. There's so many different kinds. A peanut butter. This is definitely banana. Yeah. Chocolate. It's warm here in the basement, so this is very sticky and melty. Yeah. You may want to throw that bag in the fridge. Yeah. So that's what I do. I keep them in the fridge. But then it snaps. And my mother is diabetic. Oh. Uh, She'll be 87 in December. So every time I go to the shore, I get her a little box of sugar-free saltwater taffies. This is so damn good. Yeah. This comes sugar-free? Uh, that's not sugar-free, but it does come sugar-free. And uh, you know what, Mike? Tastes just as good. I would say the there's no way you can make this with no sugar. I'm, t I'm telling you. you if I, 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 Sometimes I eat it. I'm like, you can't really tell the difference. This is so damn good. Yeah. There's orange in here. There's peach in here. I'm looking at them. Peanut brittle flavored. All right, so we have a nice glass of wine that he brought up. <clears throat> Great Jersey Shore snacks from the boardwalk. He mentioned Elvis. Should I set it up or you want to set it up? Because <laughs> it's said to be one of the greatest nights of your life. That's what you said. Because I did watch yes. all your stuff. Yes. Kumquat. <laughs> I watched all your stuff. And uh, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody? Because I'm a huge fan of right. who you're going to talk so, about. I'm going to tell you real quick. So people are like, well, how did you get started? And what? So I did Talk it. about how you started doing yeah. Elvis. So it was uh, like 86 or 87. And um, in Philly, there was a local bar that had a talent contest. The winner gets 500 bucks. So I was like 20, uh, I don't know, 86, 87. Um, I'll be uh, 61 years old next month. And uh, so uh, I guess I was like uh, 25 years old, I guess, 26 years old. So my next door neighbor was a drummer. His brother was a bass player, and I worked with a guitar player. So I said, listen, I said, uh, let's put something together. You know, down the street, you know, so-and-so bar, Brownie's Pub, it was actually. They're having a talent show, $500 to the winner. I said, let's let's do something, you know. So we went my neighbor's basement. He had the drum set and everything else. We're like, okay, Nick, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, we got to differentiate ourselves from everybody. So let's do an Elvis show. South Philly, every time Elvis was on TV, my mom be calling me, Nicky, Elvis is on, right? So there was always like a favorite of Elvis. So we entered in the show. Long story short, we end up winning the contest. The King and Company was the first band 
I put. But we weren't really a band. We just learned Elvis music. So as I was, I'll never forget it. I'm putting all the speakers away, and I got the speaker cord. Someone comes up to me and goes, where are you playing next? I'm like, well, we're not really a real band. I just came for the contest. And I go, wait a minute. Would you pay to see me play? They're like, yeah, man, you guys are really good. I'm like, okay, I'll get back to you. So I went with the guys. I said, look, let's learn 40 songs. We'll start playing out, the King of Company. So I rented this Elvis suit, and that's how it all started. <laughs> so that was like 85. Five years before that, I'm going to tell you a 30-second story, and then I'm going to connect it too. So first time I saw Bruce Springsteen was the night John Lennon died, right. 1980 at the Spectrum in Philly. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I've been following Springsteen since 1975. And uh, I had tickets in 78. My mom wouldn't, go, wouldn't let me go. It's another story. So 1980, I'm watching Bruce at the Spectrum, and I'm seeing him, and I'm just like, oh, my God. I would give anything to be on stage with him in front of thousands of people and do a song with him. This was 1980, the night John Lennon died. So then five years later, I put the band Elvis. So Elvis grew and grew and grew where I was with the fabulous Heartbreak Band. We opened up for, uh, we were a, a great seven-piece band. We did an Elvis show. We did a Patsy Cline show, Girl in the Band. We opened up for the Coasters, Drifters, Platters, Marvelettes, Bobby Rydell. We did that whole circuit. Um, and I kept telling people for years, one day I'm going to sing with Bruce Springsteen. So October 19th, 2009, at the Spectrum, we flew in from Philly. We had tickets. I had my suit custom made, cost me 2,500 bucks for the suit with the cape and the belt and everything, the Elvis suit. And uh, the plan was to get close to the stage. We already had GA tickets and then you had to win the lottery to get close to the stage. So the plan was I had a sign that said, can the king sing with the boss? (laughs) So sure enough, when they were picking the lottery, we had our ticket. People are like, let Elvis pick it. I'm like, no freaking way, man. I'm not going to be blamed for, you know, for people that don't make it or whatever. So someone else picked it, and we were, like, we were like the 60th person to get in. So we're in front of the stage. Bruce comes out. Crowd's going crazy, 20,000 people. And, you know, he's looking, and then, like, he – and I'm like, I'm, like, right in front of the stage, and, like, he sort of looks at me and then does this, and then he looks at me again and points and starts laughing, right? I'm in my Elvis suit. This is now, the beginning I, of his concert? Yeah, this is the very beginning, all right? And I didn't show my sign yet, right? Because back then, you know, where in the middle of his show, everybody brought signs and requests, requests. So so during the show, Clarence Clemens, Niels, they're just busting on me, Steve Van Zandt. Like, they're all just, we're all having a great time, you know? The people around us, like, everybody's just having a great time, me as Elvis, whatever. So in the middle of the show, he goes, all right, he goes, we're going to try this. We're graced by the king himself. <laughs> and then he pulls out some chords. Bam, bam, bam. All, right, so, all right, band, you ready? They start doing all shook up, right? Now, he already saw the sign, okay? So he's doing all shook up. Now, I'm dancing with my wife. My wife is there. The camera guy's on me. I'm on the big screen at the spectrum. So now everybody can really see me close up, right? He's doing all shook up. I'm thinking to myself, he's not going to call me up on stage. But it's cool. That's okay. It was already like the greatest night of my life. You know what I mean? So I'm dancing. All of a sudden, I hear... Come on up, King. Come on up. People are like, oh, man, come. Like, oh my, oh, my God, this is it. Like, my dream for years. So I remember climbing up on stage. Bruce puts his hand out, and I remember saying to myself, don't touch his hand. I don't know why I said that, but I just, like, I didn't touch his hand. I stood up. We're this close together, not knowing what's going on. The band's still 
playing, all shook up, he hands me the microphone. I'm like, all right, here we go. This is it. And I started singing all shook up, right? It's all on, actually, it's on Netflix, the documentary, Springsteen and I. They filmed my wife and I eating a cheesesteak in South Philly on a park bench telling this story. And then I tell a little bit, and then they go right to the actual clip. Wow. And then they come back to us. We say a little more, and then they go back to the clip. So you can go to uh, Netflix, Springsteen, and I. You can see the whole thing. You're going to put that up on TikTok. So, <laughs> I saw yes. it, and it's just really <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, so we, uh, so anyway, so I, I, so real quick, so, we were, so we're doing it, and here I'm like off to the side, and I'm just doing my thing because for, with a band, you know, as a lead singer, you – this is what you do, and and you know as a lead singer, and any musician will tell you, like you follow your lead singer, and the lead singer would change things, and a good band, good musicians will just follow, you know. So we're doing it, and then I hear myself sort of singing off key. A lot of people are like, I don't hear it, but I hear it, you know, <laughs> because everybody had like ear monitors. There was no monitors on stage. Right. All I hear is that Max's drum, and so I'm like, I got to do something here. So I just go. Hit it, Bruce, and he does his guitar solo. Now this is all we're not this wasn't planned or nothing. So he's doing a guitar solo. I'm like, now what do I do? I, like this train is off the track, man. It's just like, you know what I mean? I don't know how to control it. So I look at Max, he looks at me, and he's Max is like smiling, then he like he stops because he knows, looking at me, like I'm about to do something. I step back, I'm almost on his drum kit stand. I got my hand up, and at the end of the guitar solo. I go, what, it's a one for the money, two for the show. Change the song. And the band was right with me. Now we're doing Blue Suede Shoes. Now the thing is so out of control, I have no idea how to stop this thing, right? So I'm saying, I got to stop this thing. And then I see Bruce coming toward me, and I'm like, okay. I think Bruce knows, like, look, man, I got to stop this thing too. So I go, take it home, Bruce. So he goes, Elvis has left the building. I jump off stage. I'm hugging my wife. And he's like... The Philly Elvis, the Philly Elvis. That's what he called me, and it stuck. This was 2009. That's how I got my name. And at the very end, as the band's holding the note, Bruce goes, I have no idea where the fuck he came from. And then he ended the song. And I think he said that because he wanted everybody to know that this was no plant. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah, it probably looked like they set the whole thing yeah. up. And uh, and it's such a, you know, like the next day, I get a, we stayed at the hotel in Philly, uh, and um, and it's funny too because my son was at the Phillies game. They were playing the playoffs against the Dodgers. Right. And my son was at the game, and he texts my wife, and that's his stepmom, and says, "Is my dad on stage yet?" Uh huh. And she goes, "He's on there right now." He's like, "No way!" He's texting her, "No way!" And she and she's like, "Yeah, he's up there right now." He stands up at the Phillies game and goes, "My dad's on stage with Bruce Springsteen." My oh, dad's on stage. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. So what a memory. Oh yeah, yeah. But then but then ever since then and then they made the movie Springsteen and I and and um that's when I mentioned, you know, because it was a worldwide movie that I got booked in in England and just met some of the most wonderful, wonderful people. <clears throat> I, I, I call my brothers and sisters and it's just been even to this day just a tremendous ride and, and uh Are you in touch with him so, at all? So a few other in- instances, uh his book tour. Right. Uh, we we went. My wife and I went to his first signing in. Um, it was Freehold. Right. And uh, so we were all in line. And what they did was they herded cattle. Like she basically walked up. You handed your phone and went like this. Yeah, and yeah. They, they took a picture and the next. You know. Right, right, right. So I um, I was I wasn't in my suit. Of course, I was just you know me Nick, 
And I said to myself, I just want to go up to him and say, hey, I'm Nick Ferraro. I'm the Philly Elvis, you know. So that was my turn. I woke up. And, and you have it. I have pictures of every single second of, of this whole thing as it out, as it played out, you know. Mm-hmm. And I go, hey, Ami goes, <laughs> hey, everybody, the Philly Elvis is here. That's what he says, right? No shit. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And then and then uh, I saw him at State College. And again, I was just myself. I only, I only now I, I the Philly Elvis is there for uh, the, just the Philly shows. And uh, so at State College, I was against the stage, and he was standing real literally right in front of me playing his guitar. And he, and he looked down. He looked at me and looked up, and then he looked back down again, and he pointed at me and went like that. Like so, he, you know. But that's that's the only interaction I have. I mean, he doesn't. What did it do know. for your career? Yeah. So here's the thing. I mean, it helped me tremendously, but more importantly, it had. This is how I met you for the first time. This is how I met Lou. So Johnny Patanza, late night with Johnny Patanza. Yeah. You were the comedian guest. Right. Lou was there, and I was there for the. I was there, and I sang with Killer Joe's band that right. night. I don't know if you remember that, but and that's I do. when I met you for the first time. That's when I met Lou for the Johnny first Patenza time. Johnny Patanza is supposed to come on the show. He has a show out in Staten Island called Up Late Late Night with Johnny Patanza. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and it shows it airs here in well it airs in New York and in L. A. I think. And uh, so, yeah, so that's how I met. So anyway, the Philly Alva. So and then the whole uh, Asbury Park crew and Eddie Testa, who I love dearly. And, uh, you know, all those people, uh, musicians, you know. Um, it's a great Bob vibe. Jo- Killer Joe. And yeah, and, and just, uh, you know, Jesse Warren and Terry Camp. And, and uh, I think it was Terry that contacted me. For the first time, and, and uh, they've been asking me to be a guest singer for uh, the Clarence Clemens birthday bashes, and um, and I was there and just and continue to meet just great great people and having a great time. And actually, during the the Born in the Run, uh, Born to Run uh, 40th anniversary, they asked me to be a guest singer, and Max was there, Max Weinberg, and he was a guest drummer for some of the songs. So I'm I'm waiting in the back, and I'm actually going on next. Um, there was one other song, and then I was going on after Max played a couple songs. So Max, com- Max Weinberg, the drummer for Bruce. So Max comes back, and I'm standing here in my Elvis suit because I'm ready to go on. And he goes to me, don't I know you? Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah. I said, I guess you do. I said, I'm the Philly Elvis. He's like, yeah, man, how's it going? You know, I said, all right. And I like, you know, I didn't want to talk to him because, you know, I, you know, whatever, respect and and he kept talking to me. He said, like, how's it going? What are you doing? You know, and I'm talking to him. I said, Max, I got to ask you. I said, seriously now. I said, that night when the show was done and, you know, I said, like, did Bruce say, oh, my God, you know, what an asshole. What a, you know, whatever. Like, I don't know because I don't know how Bruce took it. And he's like, oh, my God, we loved it. He goes, and I'll tell you one thing. He goes, all my years with Bruce, I have never seen him give up control the way he did when he handed you the mic. Yeah, and I said, "Well, I'm sure it's probably going to be his last because he, <laughs> I, I couldn't stop what was going on, and you know." But it's actually really, really amazing to watch. Tell everybody where they can actually see that because it's real. Well, you can actually, you can see it on Netflix. Uh, it's called Springsteen and I. It's a documentary, and uh, we're about forty minutes in. Uh, where they literally, they're, they're filming my wife and I in South Philly, as I said, eating a cheesesteak, and we're telling the whole story, and there's more to it, um, and they show the entire thing. Or you can actually go to YouTube now and just 
type in all shook up Springsteen. And what you'll see is uh, the actual footage of me on stage with Bruce from start to finish. So That's super, super, super cool. And, you know, meeting the E Street Band and hanging around with all these legends from Asbury Park is absolutely a phenomenal thing. I was actually the opening act and then became the headliner with Vinnie Pastore from The Sopranos. Yeah. And then I ended up meeting everybody in the E Street Band. I ended up hosting Light of Day Music Festival. And then I became really good friends with Vinny Mad Dog Lopez, which was the original drummer from the E Street Band. I met everybody but Bruce. And the night I was supposed to introduce him, he didn't come. This other guy did it, and uh, it was part of that uh, just for Light of Day, Light of, oh, Day, Light of Day Music yeah. Festival. So it's pretty amazing. But um, tell everybody where they can actually find you on the Internet and what's going on with your career now. Because one other thing, of course, now there's a movie out now about Elvis. Has this pushed you up a little bit? People starting to come. Well, I, because of my acting and writing, um, I actually, like for the past, really the only times now that I do, uh, I guess, like some songs as the Philly Elvis is when uh, I get invited to do guest songs, uh, guest singer, um, mostly in like Asbury Park area. Right. I am doing one more show, one final show, if I'm able to fit into my suit, and that is um, August yeah, put 11th. Put these down. <laughs> yeah, August 11th, actually. It's a free show. Uh, it's at the uh, Sunset Golf Course in Middletown, Pennsylvania, and uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful, they have a huge, huge, huge uh, uh, court where they have uh, entertainment there. It's a Every Thursday, Thursday night? It's a Thursday night, August 11th. Thursday and, night, uh, August 11th is going to be a beautiful summer yeah, night. Free, folks. free show. Go. And, free. And I'm doing it for um, the local pantry to help feed uh, the homeless in that area. So I'm asking everyone to please bring uh, food items, canned foods when you go. But it's a free show, uh, August. Uh, you don't need to be a verified fan, <laughs> that whole thing. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, uh, it's my, last, my last full show. And, uh, Why, are you retiring? So... Well, because I I'm, I can't do, I, between the oh. acting and the writing, I have no time. It's like it's crazy, you know. Plus, I'm you know, look at me, I'm losing my hair. I'm uh, I'm I'm barely fitting into my suits these days. Hey, I outlived Elvis like almost twenty years. You yeah, know what I mean? Sad, so I it? think it's yeah. A hunk but, a hunk uh, of burn in love. As a matter of fact, Mike, real quick, my um, I did a show at Millersville University. It was like ninety or ninety one, and uh, a woman saw me. And uh, she followed me ever since, and we became good friends, Italian woman. She invited me over to her house. She cooked gravy for me and everything many times. Gravy. She, she just passed away, um, and uh, it was sad. She was written up in the paper uh, because her basement, you can't even see one little inch of anything because it's all Elvis stuff. And she's been written up in so many magazines and papers. Anything that resembles El that's got Elvis on it, whatever, she has to get it. And she asked me one time, I had my, I had my Aloha from Hawaii suit during a show. And after the show, she said, <laughs> oh, my God, Nick, I love that suit. I said, I'll tell you what, Teresa, here. And I took off my belt. I signed it. I said, this is for you. Oh, no kid. She put that in her. She, so I went down to her basement. She said, I want to show you something. Well, I was there one time. And it was on her wall, displayed and everything. So when she passed, um, her, ch her children asked me that Teresa wanted it buried with her. If right. I would, you know, be okay with that, and I was. 
and I sang at her funeral. And so anyway, uh, I'm going to do a song for her on my last show. Uh, but uh, yeah, so um, I mean, I've done a lot, you know, and uh, I'm so grateful with everything. But it, I'm, you know, movie man, time for yes. Let's hope that we can get this mob <laughs> sense up and going. Yep. You know, it may be a, a hit movie and a sequel and then a prequel, and we could all retire on that cash. <laughs> Well, it's, it's a comedy and a drama. Yeah. And uh, real quick, so you can go to my short film. I put it on YouTube for everyone to see. You have to go, you have to type in The Confession, Nick Ferraro, F-E-R-R-A-R-O. You can pull up The Confession and watch that. It's an award-winning short film. Um, and uh, please support all my friends, Lou Mortini Jr., Ronnie Marmo, Mike here. Mike is a tremendous well, I don't have to tell you guys, you know, <laughs> tremendous comedian. And, um, you know, if you're ever in the Asbury Park area, please see Bob Polding and, and uh, Eddie Testa, Killer Joe, and uh, and all the other great musicians there, man. Please go out and support them. And, um, yeah, so uh, you can catch me on Twitter, the Philly Elvis, Twitter, Facebook. There's the Philly Elvis and Nick Ferraro. I'm on Instagram. I'm not doing the TikTok thing. Not uh, yet. Because I can I know, but it's like, oh my God, Madonna, I got so much stuff going on. But anyway. Well, listen, I wanted to thank you so much for dropping by the basement. Thank you so much for this great wine, <laughs> the uh, popcorn. Hey. Ooh, ooh, the, the, hey. hey. My grandfather would go, hey, Nago. What's the ooh. matter, huh? <laughs> um, we're definitely having some more popcorn, uh, the taffy, and uh, the fudge. Thank you so much. Cheers. Let's say goodbye, old school, hey? We got to get going. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, keep on watching live from my mother's basement with yours truly, Mike Marino. We're making America Italian again. You don't know nothing. You don't see nothing. You don't say nothing. And I also want you to stay in touch with me on all my social media, which is at Mike Marino Live. Thank you to my producer, Tatiana Blue Shell, who's out in Los Angeles, making sure that we're doing this the right way. Yeah. Thank you so much for being part of this incredible uh, podcast and uh, everything MikeMarino.net. Now, we always say goodbye by saying the same thing. You ready? Don't take no shit from nobody. Got it? Don't take no shit from nobody. Thanks, Mike.